G'day, I'm Shaz Jones and I'm your host of Bible Hacks. We're all about hacking the Bible to grow your business God's way. I'm very excited to be joined by my guest today, which is Wes Leek. Wes, welcome. Thanks, Shaz. So good to be with you. I wanted to take you back to December, just before Christmas, and you're in Israel and you're about to climb Mount Sinai. Can you tell me about that day? Oh, that was a fun day. Uh, it was a day, uh, I guess my prayer that morning was, God, I want to encounter with you. If I'm going to climb a mountain where um, one, Moses uh, had his burning bush encounter, and two, where he got the Ten Commandments, uh, I want that kind of encounter with you today. Wow. Okay, can I ask, and I've never asked a man this before, what were you wearing? So I've got a T-shirt and uh, that says, God, what is on your heart for me today? And so um, some of you know I'm a huge fan of a book called Two Chairs, and uh, that's a question that we ask God every day. God, what's on your heart for me today? And and that was really my prayer for that day. God, I, this this is, you know, we're in St. Catharines. It's in the middle of no, like nowhere, really. And uh, it's a historical location. We're staying at a monastery that's uh, like more than a 3,000-year history. And uh, thinking, God, uh, my heart is to encounter you. It taken us a lot to get there. And uh, there was a lot of things that were going on, even in the preparation to climb Mount Sinai that day, a lot of bartering, a lot of paying of money. Oh, my. Uh, and, uh, and an hour's camel ride and walking up a mountain that is it is steep and thinking, how the heck did Moses do this without they wouldn't have had a path like we had to follow or or. Um, uh, you know, shops on the way up because there's little kiosk things, uh, you know, on the way up, not all the way up. But I'm thinking, oh, man, uh, Moses did some stuff doing it. He, he deliberately did some stuff to encounter God. And I was just thinking, God, we're doing a lot here to encounter you. I want to hear from you. Wow. Okay. So let's talk a bit about that preparation because I saw in your post on Facebook that day or after you climbed, um, that you were talking about the preparation of Exodus 19 versus Exodus 20. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, you've got me going my mind. <laughs> this is the great thing of uh, um, remembering stuff, isn't it? You know, I think I've actually just come from a meeting with a guy that I meet with uh, every month, Um and uh, I, I think one of the things I was really getting at was that um, so often God, one of the things that God really spoke to me about that day was I'm really good at asking God about how to prepare for a meeting or prepare for, you know, what's next, what's coming up. But you know what God gave Moses was stuff that literally changed nations. Like you, th you think about the Ten Commandments, you know, it is, the, it is the basis of the laws that are in any 
uh, Western civilization today. Mm. And God was just encouraged, like, like this actually came as I was walking down the hill because, because you know, there was a lot involved in going up the mountain and it wasn't until I was walking back down and, you know, just reflecting on everything. The, God was just challenging me was it's time for for me individually and I think, you know, for the church as a whole, let's go after the stuff that is going to be the framework for nation changing or world changing stuff. Wow. And and, and I feel and like is, if I had read that, I would be like reaching for my fluoro pink highlighter now and underline. Just say that again, please. So so it's you know it's time to go to God for the stuff that is nation changing stuff that is world changing stuff right. because I, I like we're dealing with um like you know she says I sit on four different boards uh you know one of them is a is a Christian school and some of the stuff that we're dealing with at the moment is just beyond belief and um you know the world has changed you know it's, they, the world seems to be trying to move on from Christian basics and ethics but yet actually in so doing um what are we missing out on but god has the answer to this and this is one of the things that that i you know no matter what situation we're facing god has the answer he has a solution and part of them uh one of my things and you know i do a listening prayer thing every week is um comes from the fact it's stop shouting at God because one of the things God said to me recently was stop shouting at me, Wes. And I said, God, I'm not shouting at you. I'm not. And, and, and uh, he says, yeah, but Wes, every time you come to me with something you want, it's like you're shouting at me because you're not listening to what I want. And so... You know, Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I'd hear from heaven and heal the land. Mm-hmm. God has been saying to me, "Was that humbling is actually when you come to me is laying down any agenda that you have, any agenda that you have, and then you know coming so so, and I'm mixing a few things together because this is this is where God's taking me on this journey, and it kind of mixes in with some of the stuff that happened on Mount Sinai for me. Um, If Jesus is interceding for you and me right now, which he is, Romans 8 talks about that, Mm -hmm. um, then I want to know what he's interceding for me about. (laughs) (laughs) So do I. Great question. (laughs) I want to know. I want to know. And, you know, so often um, because it's then it's an alignment with him. So this whole thing of, you know, this is like, I know there's a huge thing around decrees and blah, 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 blah. But actually, that's that's where I think God is saying, stop shouting at me. Would you just come from a posture of what I have for you and start with that and then go from there? Like joining with him in what's happening so that we can see that unfolded because says like we can come up with the best plans in the world but you know what they may not be god's plans you know and and how many times do we put some stuff in place and say god please bless this god please bless this 
Or like the other thing too is, um, you know, we hear something from God and then we just run off and do it. And we fall flat on our faces. I said, God, you told me to do that. And he said, yes, but you needed to come back to me. Like a lot of times I find that God gives me something just to get me moving. And it's 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 like uh, I, I refer to this Abraham and Isaac. You know, Abraham told, God told Abraham to, to sacrifice Isaac. Yes. And the great thing about it was Abraham was obedient. And it said the next day he got up and did it which for Abraham was a big thing because Abraham actually had a history of disobedience <laughs> right, right from the start. God says, leave your people, leave your country and your people. What does he do? He leaves his country and takes his people. You know, so, you know, he doesn't, he always kind of, and there's, you know, so God took him on this journey of a media obedience. But, um, but that was because God wanted to show him something. And Abraham had to keep going back to God. And this is one of the things, like it's, you know, you know, God says, yes, marry this person. But, you know, it's, you have a relationship in that marriage. You need to keep talking, you know, keep doing that. It's at the same time when God speaks to you, it's you've got to go back to him. Because often, and often when God speaks to me, I interpret it the way that I think I know what that means, okay. you know. And, but often, God says to me, whereas you've interpreted that way, but that's actually not how I want you to think about it. And this is why I need to go back to him. And and I've got numerous stories about that and I've gone on too long. But but so these are so these are all the things that that God's been speaking to me about over the last couple of months. And which is why um like the trip up to Mount Sinai uh for for me was like, okay, God, what are you saying? And you know, there was a lot happening and a lot going on. We have a lot happening, a lot going on at the moment, but but that quietening yourself down, taking that time to listen. And it wasn't really until I was walking back down and um just by myself and just processing everything. God, what do you want to speak to me about through this? Yeah, too much noise these days, yes. Yeah, it's it's really cool because I hadn't really seen before, um, like throughout the Bible, there's so many individuals who are nation builders and nation changers. And if you think like right from Genesis, you know, Abraham, part of the blessing of Abraham was that he would become a nation that so there wouldn't be a nation of Israel today if it wasn't for one individual tapping into God's plan and even though he was partially obedient partially disobedient he started that journey to literally create a nation but it wasn't just him like Joseph radically changed you know, the taxation system basically <laughs> to, to take a portion from the citizens and, and use that. And he fed the, it says the whole world came to him as the famine goddess. So it was not only nation building, but global building. Um, you know, obviously Daniel and David and Esther, and like I could go on. I'd never seen before how much the Bible is a story about one person building in a larger context 
<clears throat> Excuse me. So I, I wanted to kind of delve into that a bit more. And in particular, with business people watching, what are some of the things that business people can do or that God's been talking to you about doing to, to have those nation building frameworks? And I, uh, I had to preach on the weekend and uh, was reminded of something that um, T.D. Um, Jakes has written a book called Saw, which is just fantastic. Uh, and he he's talking about, you know, when God uh, God gave us a tree, God gave us trees, for example. He gave us, like, you, you, you go back to Genesis, and you can get stuck in Genesis 1, 2, 3, you know, because it says he gave us everything that we needed. He didn't give us a chair. He didn't give us a pen. He didn't give us an alphabet. <laughs> he, he didn't. Like, you know, he didn't give us a mobile phone, but he gave us the ingredients to put all that together. You think about the guy who invented a jet. Well, I don't know whether it was a guy, the person who invented a jet. <laughs> Can you think about, like, how has the world changed from a chair? How has the world changed from a pen? You can be a nation-building person from just one little thing. Like, oh, that's good. I like that. You, you you think of like CSIRO guy, the guy who invented Wi-Fi. Like talk about, I mean, that's nation changing and nation building. Mm -hmm. So we we I I think sometimes we're looking for the huge thing. Um, yes, but like to Moses back then, getting like a set of ten commandments, he would have not had any idea about the impact that those. Ten Commandments would have on the future. He was just thinking about his community. Uh, something I was struck with on the weekend because I was, uh, I, you know, the Lord's Prayer is an incredible thing. Mm. And, you know, wherever you go in the world, people know the Lord's Prayer. But just as I was musing with God about this, is the disciples said to Jesus, teach us to pray. And he, the response was the Lord's Prayer. What if the disciples hadn't asked that question? Ah, what is that question? <laughs> I don't, and this is this is so one of the things is uh and a big beef of mine at the moment is it's okay to ask God questions. Now, Shaz, you've grown up in the church, I've grown up in the church. For some reason, I thought we weren't supposed to question God. I now where on earth they get it from? I don't know whether it was because. You know, we weren't supposed to question church leadership, you know, and, and we've projected that onto God. I, I don't know where it's come from, but I, I, I've always had this thing. But God has been telling me lately, ask me questions. Ask me questions. Mm. Because if, if you look at, like, take Mary. You know, Mary is, you know, this angel appears to her <laughs> and says, you know, you're going to have a child. You know, and she, so, like, can you imagine so often God speaks to you about stuff. You know, you think, what the heck, God? What You may get a prophecy or, or whatever it is. Um, he may just drop something into you. But what did Mary do? She went back and asked God, how can this be? Now, that wasn't, um, that wasn't being a derogatory. Like, she was just like, hang on. You just told me this. How can it be? 
The brilliant thing about that was she got so much more information. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. You know, he he told her how she was going to fall pregnant. And he told her all these amazing things. So questioning God is, is just like, like you're... You're asking me questions now and you're getting information out of yes, me. Yes, I am. <laughs> this is this is the way relationship works. God is foremost saying, I want relationship with you. He created this world so that he could have relationship with us. The way we build relationship is to ask questions. So ask away. You know, now sometimes God may not answer your question. And I know some people probably, you know, I've been asking God that for a while. Well, it could be that you're just asking the wrong question. So I have learned this little trick. God, what question am I supposed to ask? Oh, that's a good question. A meta question. Yes. <laughs> and it's, you know, like the other day, uh, oh, we're doing this listening prayer time around the Lord's Prayer. And at the end of it, it says, you know, uh, Hang on, I've got it right here in front of me. Let me grab it. It says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So I just said, okay, God, is there anyone I should forgive? Oh, you really shouldn't ask that question because he'll tell you. Yeah, it's one thing to ask the question. It's another thing to receive the answer. <laughs> so I received I received the answer. And it was actually, in my case, it was an institution I had to forgive. And, uh, but you know what? It actually released something that day. Um, and it was just incredible. Um, so this is like, you know, as we're reading the word and as we're immersing ourselves in it, as we're, you know, God speaking to us personally, have a conversation with God about it. And how many times do people say to you, you know, but God told me this. I said, yes, that's great. That's fantastic. But what is he telling you? What was the follow-up conversation? What was that like? What have you gone back to him and said? Because, um, uh, yeah, I could tell you lots of stories. interested in in letting our listeners know how do we do that like can you talk a bit about the two chairs uh, book or the method that you use yes um, yes you know not just for our business but like just then when you said that the lord's prayer is about forgiveness and in my case it was an institution that like that's enlarging my context because i'd never thought of before about forgiveness beyond the personal. So now I know, oh, it's not just personal. It can be at an organisation level. And I'm sure that it can be at a national level as well. So, you know, I know, I know when Daniel was praying, he was like repenting on behalf of his nation. So there are larger contexts that you're just building into my life right now. <laughs> Tell us how the two chairs method works. How can we do this in a practical sense? Okay. So just some brief background. So two chairs is written by a guy called Bob Bodine. Bob is one of the top sports and entertainment recruiters in the USA. So 
if if the commissioner for baseball needs to be recruited or if a big sports star needs to be recruited it's his his company that does that his his father actually started the whole recruitment industry um mm. and went from there and so quite a history of that he um his mom taught him this you know and it's it's not something like you talk to many other peoples and they use it themselves uh like it's been around but it, i love the framework and i love the like you know, as you know, I've been in church for a long time. And if you read books about hearing the voice of God, they're always in a church context, not a business context. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so if you're in church and God says, you know, pray for someone and they're, um, you know, for healing and they're not healed. Okay. Yes. They may go home to be God, you know, but it doesn't affect your bottom line. But if you hear something from God and you implement it in your business, it's going to show up in your financials the next day. Like mm-hmm. there is, you know, in doing that. So the whole two chairs, there's a couple of things with it. One, so there's three questions, a kind of a framework around right. it. Does God, does God know your situation? Yes, <laughs> he does. What? <laughs> he probably knows that better than what you do. Is it too hard for him to handle? No. Does he have a good plan for you? Absolutely. So ask him, ask him. So the idea, and and a lot of business guys, uh, business people are visual people anyway. So the idea is setting up two chairs, one for you, like you can see it in the background. Uh, One for you and one for God. And just. So that that is the, the whole concept is that God has a chair at the table. Like you are interacting with God. Sometimes it just really helps you to have a focus. Yeah. Like often when I'm driving along in the car, you know, and the seat next to me is empty, I just picture Jesus in that seat. Okay, mm. Jesus, it's you and me today. Let's yeah. have this conversation. Again, <laughs> I hadn't thought about doing it in the car, but that's the perfect setting, isn't it? Because you've got the two chairs there. Two chairs there. Great. So it's it's coming to him and simply saying, God, what's on your heart for me today? And then stopping and listening and asking him and and listening to what he has to say for you. Mm. Like, and it just, it really is a whole process of redirecting things because like I've got a lot of stuff that I want to do and achieve and he does put those desires in our heart and I get that and understand that. But the practice, the practicalities are working that out. And God is very good about practicalities. He's very good about practicalities. Mm-hmm. Um, God, what what is on your heart for me today? Um, often, uh, the, the other great thing about this is it's for Christians and non-Christians. You know, you look at the Bible. God speaks to non-Christians just as much as he speaks to Christians. In fact, like if he didn't speak to you, you wouldn't have come to know Christ in the first place. He's always issuing this invitation to us. Um, and, and there's some th- theological stuff around that as well. Um, he created you. He created each person that's here. Um, and we can talk about being co-creators with God because that's a very obvious thing where a couple co-creates with God to create his creation. Um, but you know, one of the stories I love in Two Chairs is that often 
the story of a guy who wasn't saved. He sat down in the two chairs and he said it was like God hugged him. And, mm. you know, some for some people right now, you just need a hug from God. You know, it's just, and, and I actually take people on it. There's a, one thing that I use to take people on a journey, just doing that, of just picturing Jesus and sitting next to him and putting your head on his breast and listening to him and allowing him just to embrace you because like this you know it's just and it's amazing how much stuff gets melted away um but so this guy did this in the first day it was just like that the next day he was running late for his appointment he looked at the two chairs and thought i haven't got time and god said to him no sit you know and often it's just a thought or things like that and it was interesting god said to him this guy had a major presentation to do that day. He'd been working on it for six months and God said to him, they're not going to accept your presentation today. And he said, you need to go, go have a chat to the vice president of the company and, and see what he says. So he was thinking, I haven't seen the vice president in six months. You know, am I just going to rock up at his door? So he did. He went and rocked up his door and the guy asked, what are you working on? And he said this, and the vice president gave him some changes. So he said, for I had to, I had three hours to change my presentation along the lines of what the vice president said. I went to the meeting and it turned out that even the people he was working with were poo-pooing his idea. But the vice president walked in and said, that's exactly what we need. And it was accepted. And he said, you know, God's a ninja. He knew exactly what was going on. You know, like, God's a ninja. <laughs> I know we've got to watch the type here, but I was—I uh, arrived early for this meeting one day, and, which is unusual for me. And I'm sitting—I'm sitting in the car 15 minutes, you know, before the meeting, and um, I thought, "What the heck am I going to do for 15 minutes?" And God said, "Well, how about you have a two chairs time with me?" Mm -hmm. And I said, "Okay." So this is this is where I started asking God, "God, what do you want to do in 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 the upcoming meeting?" So I said to him, well, God, what's on your heart for this meeting? And it, it wasn't my meeting. I was um, I was asked to attend. Um, and God just said one word. I want you to talk about homeschooling today. I thought, God, that's not on our agenda. Like, you know, he said, no, but I want you to talk about homeschooling today. Anyhow, I went into the meeting. The other person who you know, I was there kind of supporting, she went 10 to the dozen through you know what she wanted to achieve and then it came like we're at the end of the meeting and we all had to go and uh the guy turns to me and says where's there anything you want to talk about i said yeah i want to talk about homeschooling because <laughs> look i had and he said i said well, you know what it was with a university he said you know we really want to get into homeschooling and blah 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 anyhow the end result of that was a one million dollar contract was signed wow. with a homeschooling organization in the university now I had no idea about that, and there was there's a lot of ramifications of that that have come out of that. But it became because God said to me one word: yeah. raise this issue in the meeting, and it can change everything. You know, we often hear one word from God can change anything, and actually, that's so. That was three years ago. I had a oh, huge before, meeting before COVID sort of thrust yeah. everyone into homeschooling. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, 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 yeah. So doing that. So, you know, you think about that. But, you know, yesterday I had a huge meeting with um, 
uh, NDIS, a work, what they call a workforce planner with NDIS, because they've got that short a thousand businesses to provide to NDIS customers. And but that meaning came from that meaning because what it ended up was I ran a class for homeschoolers in teaching them about business, which was another side thing that came out of that meaning as well. And it was the parent of one of those kids that they last week, NDIS, these guys had an issue. They didn't know do it, but she said, Wes has the answer to that. So they contacted me on Friday and we set up the meeting. And so it was, and it was like that meeting is going to have other ramifications. So you don't know where one word from God is going to come. So, mm. you know, you as a business person could be sitting there with complex issues, you know, not know. And we have, we have huge issues in business at the moment, but that one word, God can give you that. And you look at Latorno, you know, wrote Mover a Men of Mountains. Mm. He didn't know how to do things, you know. Um, God gave him dreams and visions. George William Carver, the guy who told everyone to, um, he was an agricultural economic economist. He told everyone to plant peanuts. Yeah. It was really great. You know, so many peanuts, but then they couldn't sell the jolly things. So he said to God, what's in a peanut? And he told him 300 uses for a peanut. And you and I eat peanut paste today because God, <laughs> someone asked him what's in a peanut. Yeah. So, so you don't know. This is, you and I have a chance to sit down every day and constantly through the day with the God who created the universe, yeah. who knows everything. You, you think about these things, all the rare minerals that now go into doing this that mm. were never used until now. But God put them in the earth right back then. Wow. You know, there's stuff out there now that is here that God's just saying to you, come, just ask me and I will show you stuff. So that's nation tech. Like, talk about nation tech. You know, when we went mm -hmm. to the Middle East, we lived in the Middle East 25 years ago, and the mobile phone has changed that. You know, we've got young kids driving a donkey and cart with their mobile phone in their hand. All these um, Islamic women with their hijabs on, with the phone is stuck in their ear as they're working <laughs> on there. And I'm thinking, man, they changed that. Like that's nation building. You know, think about the apps that have come and what's been allowed, you know, because of that. What is that one thing like that God's calling you to? And it may not be one thing, but it may be starting you know, so it's everything starts with an idea and this whole thing that we are co-creators with God. God, mm. how can we create with you to see that? And which is, I know I'm going on a bit here, but so, so getting back to the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is something I've been pondering a bit. Okay. We've only had books for what, the last 400 years? <laughs> Books have been in heaven since the beginning of time because it talks about the books in heaven. Right. So what other inventions are in heaven that we need to be bringing to earth right now? Oh, I love that. I love that. That's that's the essence of Bible hacking because we, we know spiritual technologies that none of our competitors do. Because we have that spiritual intellect when we go 
to God and ask him. And, and as you said, it, it's, it's resetting the foundations. Like Moses didn't just answer a personal need. He reset the foundations for the whole community, which ended up being the nation of Israel. <laughs> Abraham kind of started on the journey. Moses definitely kick-started <laughs> the journey even further on with their own real estate, their own land. Um, it's just so inspiring. It's amazing, you know, from that one trip up Mount Sinai, that very hard and arduous journey, <laughs> what God has revealed out of that. And then the opportunities from a waiting time where you think, oh, I've only got 15 minutes, what can I do? <laughs> and just one word for one meeting and that becomes a million-dollar contract and then another opportunity opens and another opportunity opens. That's the way God works, isn't it? it just It's miraculous that he uses us in, in that setting. And he's very good about taking something from and correct taking nothing and creating something out of it. Yeah. You know, you just, you know, and they, somebody listening now could be thinking, I have nothing. I have nothing. You have the God of the universe on your side. Just yeah. ask him and he can create something. Well, it says, I know we're running out of time. We are. We've got two minutes left, Wes. <laughs> I know people are going to want to contact you and work with you and, and find out more about how you are generating these million-dollar contracts from a 15-minute waiting time. <laughs> how can they get in touch with you? I best go on LinkedIn, Wes Leak, uh, W-E-S-L-E-A-K-E. Look me up. Go from there or Facebook, um, businessblessings.com.au is our company. We're just in the process of revamping our um, website at the moment. We've just uh, relaunched our Business Blessings radio podcast, so have a look at that. Uh, also, our listening prayer time. Every Wednesday morning, I do a listening prayer time for an hour where I have about 15 people who come together. We look at a passage of scripture. We sit for 20 minutes and just listen to God. And then everyone shares what God has spoken to them about. And it's just, we, you know, it says we hear the voice of God in community. And I think this is very mm -hmm. clear that as we hear, you know, as a, like yesterday we did 1 Corinthians 13, you know, around love. And it was just amazing as different people shared what God spoke to them about it. We get a consensus about what God is saying uh, to us. And um, and I think that's one of the things, particularly from a Pentecostal perspective, it's all about the individual. It's all about the pastor has the word and we follow his vision or her vision blindly. Poo -poo. That's not what the kingdom of God is about. Kingdom of God is about us coming together and, uh, yeah, going for now. Well, thank you for coming together with us today, Wes. And thank you for listening. <clears throat> Excuse my voice. I, I know there's lots of options out there, so the fact that you've tuned in today is, is miraculous to me. Um, please go to facebook.com slash biblehacks, that's B-I-B-L-E-H-A-X, and join our community and uh, be a contributor. Let us know what God is saying to you. Thank you for joining us today, 